0: And what is the kicker in this, Steve, is that there is only one trait that centenarians, so people a hundred and older, across the globe share. Only one, and that is great appreciation for the ordinary experiences of life.
1: This week, Dr. Noelle Nelson joins us to discuss her new book, Happy Healthy Dead. We all took vows to live happily ever after till death do us part, and Noelle shares some of the discoveries from her book that young and old couples will want to hear to really embrace the most that life has to offer so that the fairy tale never ends. Or at least, lasts happier and longer. Stay tuned. It's hot outside, which is a perfect time to light the barbecue and crack open the wine. That's right, pairing the right wine with the right grilled item is great. For example, Zinfandel is fantastic with sausage while a Malbec hits the spot for burgers. Sounds fun, right? Then head over to hitchmag.com, click the Wine Club link, and learn more about our awesome Wine Club. By the way, the Wine Club also makes a fantastic anniversary gift. Prepaid gift options for 3, 6, and 12 months are available. Hey, everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor in chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the fabulous Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. Uh, I know all you listeners have been with us for a really long time, and you know who Noelle is. She is a relationship expert. A popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, and as I say, every time she is on, she has many, many, many best-selling books, uh, including Your Man is Wonderful and Dangerous Relationships. And guess what? She has a new book out, Happy, Healthy, Dead, Why? What You Think You Know About Aging is Wrong and How to Get It Right, and that is what we're going to talk about today. Um, before we go any further, for those who just cannot wait to order her new book, you can go to her website noelnelson.com, or you can also find it on Amazon. Uh, we will have a link to the book on our website hitchedmag.com as well. Uh, actually, it's already there. Um, but we let's chat about your book, Noelle. Uh, I'm I'm really excited. Uh, I've been reading this thing. Uh, full disclosure, I haven't quite finished it yet, um, but I'm I'm. Uh, really digging into this thing and totally loving it. So my first question to you is why did you write this book? Well, I had this really interesting experience on an
0: airplane. I uh, I travel a lot for work and um, I'm sitting next to a young man who is texting madly away on his phone, which is fine, except that the flight attendant has given her uh, you know, airplane mode only announcement along with the other announcements and the young man isn't paying any attention whatsoever. I think, okay, maybe he didn't hear. So I leaned into him and said, um, excuse me, you need to put your, your cell in uh, airplane mode. And he completely ignores me. Okay, that's not a big deal. But the doors are closed to the airplane and we're taxiing down the runway and he's still texting away. So I lean into him again and I say, uh, excuse me, but, you know, your cell's frequencies could interfere with the pilot's radio frequencies. It's it's not safe. And he looked at me and he said, what do you know? You're old. And besides the fact that that was <laughs> like a wake-up call, right? And I had a smart-ass response to him. But more importantly, it got me thinking. Gee. And I by the way, I hadn't even turned 60 and I don't look that particularly decrepit or anything.
1: No, you don't. <laughs> Thank you.
0: So I was thinking, <laughs> apparently, People equate, at least young people, equate being old with being stupid, uninformed, illiterate even, slow, and I just know that's not true. At least I knew from my friends and family and so forth, but then I started doing the research, Steve, and I found out that, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, an astonishing number of people in their 70s, 80s, 90s, and 100s are thriving, happy, healthy people, and not in the least bit dead.
1: Mhm mhm Um and I I I know well first off I know that you are a an amazingly um prolific writer <laughs> and you write like crazy all the time and but I do know that this books take a long time to actually create Uh I I don't even know if I should bring this up but I'm going to bring it up anyway the FAA has ruled (laughs) that you don't technically have to turn off your stuff um, because the cell signals actually don't mess with the pilot's uh, instruments.
0: Well, this was two years ago when they did.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. Um, But more to the point, it
0: really wouldn't matter if I was right or wrong. No, no, no. What mattered was the kid's the young man's response,
1: yes, no, it was it was all about his perspective on on exactly exactly no, 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 I know that's why I said I shouldn't even bring this up, but I just <laughs> when i when I read it in your book, I was like, oh, uh yeah, that that might have been me because I'm that jerk no I would i i am <laughs> I am a thoughtful person when somebody does actually ask me to say something like that, do something like that, so anyways. Actually.
0: Steve, you make a really good point. If the young man had said to me, uh, ma'am, you're mistaken. The FAA has recently put out a ruling that says, I, would have been f- I, I wouldn't even have batted an eye. Oh, no. Thank you for the information. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that he attached what he saw as my ignorance to my age, yeah. to being, oh, that was what triggered which by the way was a wonderful blessing because the book is doing great
1: (laughs) (laughs) well it is it's classic ageism and you talk about um i mean i want people to read the book but you talk about very specific things about how in no other facet of like our our lives do people associate an age with abilities the same way that they do uh with a lot of other aspects that you you go through but um I want to move on. Uh, <laughs> so who is the audience for this book? Is it just for those uh, who are up in the age and might qualify for those senior citizen discounts?
0: No, actually, I say that longevity is a young person's game. Because when you find out what really ages us, as opposed to what how many years we have
1: mm-hmm.
0: on our docket, sure. what actually ages us is a stressed-out immune system, and poor cardiovascular health. So those things, unfortunately, can be begun, if you will, Mm -hmm. when you're young. Because if you're even 18, 19, 20, 25, 30, and you're stressed out of your brains, I have news for you. You're going to age way faster than Mr. or Ms. Mello.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. When you look back at uh, a lot of old-timey photos, I'll call them, uh, You can – I mean you see people in their 40s and 50s who look like today's persons in their 80s and 90s.
0: Absolutely.
1: And it's it, it was the stress of living in those times where every day was a struggle just to stay alive and take another breath. Uh, Absolutely, and, and so you're right. I, I, well, I have to say too, it was interesting because while I was reading it, one of the things that I kept thinking is like, oh, thank God I'm doing some of these things. Oh, thank God I'm doing this. <laughs> like, <laughs> Cause I had told you in the past, like I definitely plan on living cr- pa- well past triple digits. Like that is my, like I have a few goals in my life and one of them is to live, uh, well past a hundred and in a productive sense too. And I think that's the point of this book is not in, you know, with hopefully knock on wood uh, that, you know, there's something tragic or uh, some illness doesn't befall me. But, um, you know, if I take the proper steps and precautions, I would like to be productive and I think that's one of the encouraging things about reading your book is you have story after story after story of all these people doing these really amazing things. Some people taking up things, uh, you know, in their eighties, nineties, hundreds, and that's when they start doing things, which is really inspiring and amazing.
0: Oh uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the big keys, which is if you don't stop living, you won't stop living.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things that we have said in the past, uh, yeah. use it or lose it.
0: Exactly, um, exactly. And so people do pick up amazing things in their 80s and 90s, learning the tango, playing the violin. Um, uh, people who have never done a marathon decided 82, they're going to do their first one. It, it's just wonderful when you start actually doing the research.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because I feel like we have this culture in America of competitive excellence uh, where if you're not first, don't bother. Uh, and if you mm-hmm. can't achieve first, don't bother. And I feel like there's a part of our society that has uh, misses out on the process is fine. Like as long as you're going through the process, that is the reward. And you see this I, again. I you know I bring everything back to sports. You see this in sports. It's like once you get out of your high, sc- you know you, people peak at high school or people peak in college, and then they never do that thing again. And it's it, – and one of the almost always, it's like, well, I'm not competitive anymore, as if that has anything to do with being able to do that sport.
0: It doesn't. It's the joy of the sport. Exactly. That should exactly. matter.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, OK. So as you research the lives of these happy, healthy folks in their 80s and 90s and beyond, what are the four qualities that you found matter most to achieving a long and happy life?
0: There are four, and they have a domino effect. Okay, Appreciation, which is valuing, finding the positive meaning in whatever is in front of your face, appreciation, which leads to gratitude, which is being thankful for whatever it is that you value, which automatically leads to happiness. And when you're happy, you can't help but be optimistic. So the four qualities, and they usually happen in that order, are appreciation, Gratitude, happiness, and optimism. And what is the kicker in this, Steve, is that there is only one trait that centenarians, so people a hundred and older, Mm -hmm. across the globe share. Only one, and that is great appreciation for the ordinary experiences of life.
1: Okay. And so then every
0: other regard they are so different.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is one of the things that you talk about in your book. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. some people smoke, some people don't smoke. Some people eat bacon every day. Some people drink beer every day. Some people drink coffee every day. Uh, Some people exercise. Some people don't. And you know, not. And again, you point this out in your book. uh, Don't don't take this as well. They're you know, it's it's a crapshoot. So don't worry about it. So eat and drink whatever you want. But uh, it that, that appreciation that you talk about. Uh, so, I, you know, I want to ask, why is appreciation then so important? Why is this the, the defining quality, the, the, th- the thread that connects all these people?
0: Well, if you think about it, happiness by itself is a really elusive bugger. You can set out to be happy and about 20 things will get in your way. It's, it's just very hard to, like, just grab onto happiness by itself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Gratitude, you sort of have to wait for something nice to happen. Or for somebody to do something nice for you or whatever, to feel thankful. Mm-hmm. Appreciation, however, is a thought, not a feeling. Appreciation is a thought. I'm sitting here at my, at my desk with my computer and we're doing this via Skype and so forth. And in front of me, there's a filing cabinet. Okay? And there's mm-hmm. a bunch of little post-its on the filing cabinet because that's just the way I am. <laughs> And I can deliberately, on purpose, really value the fact that I have this honko huge filing cabinet, which allows me to put my twenty-five post-its on it that I can remove at will and put a new one up. I can deliberately value that. Nothing has to happen. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not nothing. It just is. Mm-hmm. But. As I reflect on, you know, this is such a helpful mechanism to me because my thoughts move and change and meander. And so I, I need to be a, the flexibility of the post-its. Isn't that cool? Thank you, whoever invented post-its. And I start just automatically rolling into gratitude. I can't help it. it it's kind of automatic. Mm-hmm. And that puts a smile on my face. So it's why appreciation, because it is a thought. You can absolutely work with your thoughts. It's a lot harder to work with your emotions.
1: So it really comes back to you're able to control your thoughts and in, a, in a much easier and deliberate way than just like conjuring up emotion.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I sort of stay away from the word control only because there are people who sometimes feel like their thoughts are running away with them. Mm. But you can absolutely take charge of your thought, which is a little different. Just it's a, it's a, you know, it's a fussy shading of meaning, but you can take charge. You can grab onto one and go, wait a minute. I'm, I, this thought is not pleasing to me. This is not helping me. So let me try to think of a different thought. You can do that very deliberately. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, myself and our listeners appreciate the nuance of language. So <laughs> that's I, 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 I totally love that. Um, okay. So then what about, and I kind of hinted at this a little bit, but what about diet and exercise? I mean, aren't they important too? Of course
0: they are. Now you see what's interesting is even though centenarians have a variety of lifestyles, because they are such great appreciators of the experiences of everyday life, they tend to do things in moderation. Because they know, I mean, they just know from experience, nobody had to tell them this, right? That if you eat an entire pound of bacon, you won't be able to get off the couch that day. Mm -hmm. And they like to get off the couch because they like to go smell the flowers or whatever. So even though, as we said, the, the one defining trait among all centenarians is appreciation, they do tend to do things in moderation. So coming back to your original question, yes, of course, diet and exercise are important. The reason that I don't focus on them in this book is because many, many other very gifted people have spoken intelligently and thoroughly about the importance of diet and exercise. What has been lacking, and the reason you know I, I wanted to put my two cents in, is the mental and emotional aspects of longevity. Um, but yes, diet and exercise, absolutely important.
1: Yeah, and, and I, th- I think that's really important too because – uh you do touch on the thing that gets overlooked, which is what's going on internally, not by what's being consumed. Um and and it's all it, one of the things that bothers me too whenever I hear about living an old age is people are like they always point out the the outlier of, well this guy smokes cigars. You know, I remember like George Burns, uh sure. and it was like, you know, this guy smoked cigars until the day he died and he was in his nineties or a hundred or, you know, I know he lived a long right. life. And it was like, well, yeah, but if you put him up against everybody else who was smoking cigars, he was fortunate. And if you then look but at- But
0: also think about George Burns' mental attitude. I was about he to was say, that. Yes.
1: yes, yes, I was about <laughs> to say, when you, then when you start thing, figuring out like, well, why was it? why was he able to do these things? Not again, not that it's a free pass to as long as you're happy and healthy or happy about it, (laughs) but that is the thing. It's, it's what's that, what's going on internally. And I love that you really dive deep into it, um, with the science of all this stuff, which I think is so interesting talking about the neuropeptides and how it affects cell, the cell structure and everything else that goes on inside of our body. So, um, I'm going to move on. <laughs> why yes. do you why do you say that what we think and feel has so much impact on our le- longevity and how does that work although I think I just stole some of your thunder. <laughs>
0: you did steal some of my thunder, but that's right. I never mind a little, you know, preview here. Okay, there is a direct biochemical interaction between what you think and what you feel and how your cells respond and function. So what happens literally is that you know that in the brain electrical stuff happens, right? Mm -hmm. You think a thought and it triggers the release of a neuropeptide of a certain type which runs down to the cell and basically informs the cell what to do. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very different if the thought that you're sending down via the neuropeptide to your cell says, I'm a happy camper today versus the thought that says, I'm depressed or I'm stressed. It's a very simple Um, biochemical equation and really it's common sense because we all know that when we feel depressed I mean I don't know a soul alive who hasn't felt depressed you feel icky in your body that's Mm -hmm. a technical term icky you you (laughs) feel out of sorts you feel you feel heavy you feel low or when you feel stressed like, you know, the boss is just giving you this ridiculous deadline and, and you've got kids to feed and all the rest of it and you're going crazy. Your heart's just jamming. It's going way too fast and your stomach's and the What do you think that's doing to your immune system mm-hmm. and your cardiovascular system? So we know just from common sense that how we think and what we feel has an impact on our direct impact on our bodies. But my joy, and as you said, Steve, yours as well, is the science that now backs it up solidly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I uh, uh, I should have asked you this earlier. Have you seen the movie Inside Out? Yes, it's brilliant. It. I was about to say because when you're when you were describing all this stuff, the way that they release their like emotional like <laughs> marbles and things and collect them, right. like I kind of right. envision those as the peptides that are flowing through the body. <laughs>
0: yes, that the film was absolutely brilliant.
1: Yeah. Yes. The Pixar movie, by the way, it's the cartoon Inside Out, if, if, if that wasn't clear enough. Um, okay, so then can you give an example of how what we think and feel affects our longevity?
0: Well, you just gave a brilliant one with George Burns which is he was an incredibly happy, optimistic, upbeat individual and lived a very long life. But to get to more of the studies, there was one of the most fascinating studies was done on a group of 180 Catholic nuns. And these nuns had written their autobiographies uh, when they were in their early 20s. Oh. And then they went about their lives, you know, doing whatever nuns do. And those biographies were analyzed when the nuns were between the ages of 75 and 95. And okay. what was found is that the nuns who wrote the most positive, happy, upbeat autobiographies when in their 20s lived up to 10 years longer in their older years. Wow. So, yes. And that's a great study because it's a, it's a longitudinal study.
1: Yes, I love this. And there
0: are loads of other studies that i've i've um i talk about in the book because frankly it's just been proven over and over and over again that what you think and what you feel has tremendous impact on how you age because as you said in the beginning steve it isn't just the length of life the whole idea is you don't want to spend the last 20 years of your life miserable decrepit and declining that's just no fun yeah the I... idea
1: oh go ahead i'm sorry
0: the idea of happy, healthy, dead is just that. It's happy, healthy, happy, healthy, happy, healthy, boink, dead.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's what I love most about it because I think a lot of people fear just slowly decaying in their old age. And you give a lot of really great examples about the changing mentality of this. And I think we spoke uh, before about how uh, scientists now believe that the first person to live 150 years old has already been born. Absolutely. And if you think so
0: you, of, you want to make those last years happy, if you've got 50 of them, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly right. So if you think about like, and, and you you talk about this, uh, when when you were growing up about when, you know, your grandmother or somebody was 65 or 70 years old, it was like, just sit in the chair, and let everybody else do everything around you.
0: Oh my dear at fifty five not even at sixty five at fifty five my grandmother was considered old and i and she wasn't believe me in in any real sense, but that was the 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 ethos of the day and so yes, she just now granny, you just sit
1: and yeah, she now, did, she just sat. and now imagine at fifty five you have ninety five more years to go potentially <laughs> that's insane that means sixty six percent of your life is just sat in a chair. Like who I, who I don't I don't know anybody who wants to do that, um, yeah. and I don't care how good the video game is. Not not for <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, okay, so then what are some tips that you can provide uh, on how to use appreciation in our everyday life so that we can enjoy a happy, healthy, long life?
0: I would say the very simplest is to learn to shift your focus at any given point in your day from what you don't like to what you do, from what you can't do, to what you can, from what you are not, to what you are. So just keep systematically shifting your focus from a negative of can't, don't, are not, to can, do, and are. Just kind of until it becomes a routine. Mm -hmm. Because if you actually clock how many times a day you say to yourself, well, I can't do that. (laughs) <laughs> you're going to be really surprised. Yeah. Whereas if you start saying to yourself, oh, I can do that. Not such a big whoop. Maybe I won't do it perfectly, but I can do that. Mm-hmm. You'll be a lot farther ahead in terms of happy, healthy. And that is when you, whether you're 20, 40, 60, 80, or 100. It really doesn't matter.
1: Mm-hmm. The I, other tip and this – I'm sorry? I was just going to say, and I think one of the important things is while we talked earlier about who is this book for – you can implement these things no matter if you are young and old. While it would be better if you take these things kind of like a retirement savings, the earlier you start it, the better you're going to be off. Uh, if you're if you're listening to this and you consider yourself middle aged or older aged, it's still not too late.
0: Oh gosh, no, gosh, no. You know our bodies are amazingly resilient and able to re- recover from all sorts of stuff. So no matter what age you start all you will do is benefit your immune system, your cardiovascular system, frankly, the way your brain functions. I mean, there's more to it, but those are the biggies, mm-hmm. yes. And, and then- you know, it's, it's fascinating. Grateful people tend to have less diabetes. Optimistic people tend to have less cardiovascular issues. The, the studies, when I really started to get into this, Steve, are mind-blowing. So, you know, all that counts, whether no matter what age you start.
1: Mm-hmm. And you, you had a, a second point? That you're going to bring up? Yes.
0: I have actually two more uh, tips and I'll be okay. quick because I know we're, we're coming up on time here. Um, you've, many people have heard of a gratitude journal. Yes. Well, how about a five 5 point appreciation journal? It's not even a journal you need to write down. But if before you go to sleep at night, you simply think of five things that you valued, that had positive meaning for you in that day, believe me, you will benefit your entire system. Okay. The last one is Wag more and bark less. Mm. So, cut out the complaining and the whining and the moaning and the kvetching and the woe is meing and just smile more, be nice to people, applaud, cheer, jump up and down. Wag more, bark less.
1: I mean, essentially, that showing appreciation for the things around you as opposed to finding all the negatives. Um, sure. I want to add that. So you have been—you gave a couple tips there. Uh, Your uh, book—the first half is all the science and and why people should pay attention to all this stuff, Mm -hmm. and the second half is really just uh, entry after entry of things that people can do and giving them tips and ideas of how to implement these things. Uh, So it's not like this big hassle or chore, but it gives them a new perspective on ways that they can approach stuff to find that appreciation, which I thought was really helpful
0: thank you and and one of the things people have told me as as they read the book is what they like is that those those that second half of the book is in very very short chapters it's mm-hmm. just a couple of pages each and each of them each chapter has a tip and usually an example or two so that you know it's not a big burden it's not mm-hmm. a big horrible deal and i'm sorry i don't know why the phone is going off that's on.
1: okay that's okay uh you know one of the i was just going to add that one of the beauties of it too is You those that second half, those chapters, one of the things you can do with that is you can almost take one of those and try them one a day or once a week or something and kind of use it as an exercise workbook almost and and, and break it up that way.
0: Very much. It's a very good idea. And I would suggest one a week. Yeah. And play with it. Play with it. The more playful you are in life, oddly enough, the better you will do. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's not beat yourself over the head with this stuff. It's play with it. Play with the idea of what can I appreciate right now.
1: And this is one of those things that you can and I would argue should do with your spouse as well because, I mean, presumably you want to spend those later years with the person that you married. And so this will only benefit both of you if you both jump on board and are able to find the appreciation. So, um, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Are you kidding? Can you just imagine having having been married 60, 70, 80 years and you're still having fun?
1: I can't wait. I, I totally you plan on it. I can't wait. I, like, Yeah. And I know a lot of couples talk about retirement and those are going to be the golden years and stuff. And I always think, why are you waiting for the golden years? Why aren't you doing that stuff now? And I understand life gets in the way and people have priorities and stuff. But that doesn't mean, I think, to the point of your book – that doesn't mean you can't appreciate that stuff today and find the joy in in that process today, as opposed to waiting for some time down the road when things will get better. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this was fantastic, Noel. Um, I hope everybody out there uh, immediately logs off because I know you're listening to this on your smartphone or your computer, and so you're you're it's accessible right there. Go to <laughs> noelnelson.com and click on happy, healthy dead on her homepage there where you can order the book on Amazon or you go to hitchmag.com, And we have a link there as well in our bookstore. Um, I'll also put it in the show notes um, on our podcast page. So it'll be easy to find if you're, if you're listening to it from that spot as well. Um, so I want to thank you so much for your time and for writing this book. Cause I do think it's really important. And I think for me, my favorite books are the ones that explore new territory and, and open up my eyes to something I didn't quite know before or provide some information that I can take away and implement into my life. I'm a, I'm a nonfiction sucker. So this is like right up my alley.
0: I'm so pleased. Thank you,
1: Steve. Uh, so I want to remind you that you've been listening to Dr. Noelle Nelson, author of Happy Healthy Dead, What You Think You Know About Aging Is Wrong and How to Get It Right. Noelle is a relationship expert, a popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, is the author of many other books, so once you've done uh, devouring this one, Happy Healthy Dead, you can move on to Your Man is Wonderful or Dangerous Relationships or one of her many other books. Again, you can find this information at her website, NoelleNelson.com. You can follow Noelle on Twitter, at DrNoelleNelson. You can get this information on our website, HitchMag.com. And if you want to stay up to date on, uh, as Noelle mentioned, the research is just flooding in. Noelle is a regular Huffington Post blogger, and you can find her on the Huffington Post as well, where she keeps up to date information about uh living a long and healthy and happy life there so be sure to check that out too Uh, so one last time thank you so much noel thank you steve all right that's gonna do it for us take care everybody